how do we sustain that m- momentum that we've created? Yeah, so it's like you systemize it. It's like a system takes over. If you make the, the best uh, examples, the, the best companies in the world, they rely on four elements, uh, which makes, which systemizes the culture. That is on strong rituals, on powerful stories, on artifacts, as well as a specific kind of language, which uh, defines the way of being. How can you create a transformation in others if there's no transformation in, in yourself? Join your host, Greg Favaza, as your voice on the hard truths of leadership. Your transformation station, connecting clarity, connecting clarity to the cutting edge of leadership. As millennials, we can establish change, not only ourselves, but through organizational change, bringing transparency that goes beyond the organization and reflects back into ourselves, extracting, extracting actionable advice and alternative perspectives that will take you outside of yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is your show host, Greg Favaza, and you are on your transformation station. Today, we have an exceptionally well show you guys are in for, and I'm excited. I had a great time with our guest, and before we go into that, we are working on something that is spectacular. Right now, your transformation station has entered into a contest. It's called Pod Cash. And we are applying and trying to get sponsorship for your transformation station. And the way you guys can help us out, yes, today is Valentine's Day. And that means we need a Valentine or a love letter from you listeners. A simple to use link that we will have in the show notes where you guys profess your love for your transformation station or even me or just wanting to wish me good luck on my endeavors or to help support my family. This is the very best contribution you guys as listeners can do this very moment. We need every single letter and each letter will guarantee us a boost in chances of winning the podcast sponsorship. All right, just follow the link, www.podcash.com slash love dash letters slash P-T capital L Y four. I didn't choose the link. That's what we got, but the link will be in the show notes. You take that link, enter it in, tell them how much you love me. Hit that send button and watch us. We are going to make this happen. And we appreciate every one of you that has tuned in and has been consistent fans. And we look forward to seeing your guys' contributions. Thank you. This is your transformation station. station. And now your host, Greg Favaza.
Manish Bunhan, welcome to your transformation station. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Greg. Um, may I call you Greg or Gregory? Uh, uh, Greg is perfect. Somehow I always put my full name out there, but Greg is my preferred name that I, I would like to be called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me. It's yes. a pleasure to be with you. Excellent. Uh, before we go right into our conversation, I would like to lay out some ground rules for the the dialogue for this episode. Uh, what I would like from my guest and what I will reinforce from our guest is an authentic conversation uh, where we don't go into monologuing or use uh, glittering generalities to cover the basis of what we're trying to explain, but more, more or less of having a authentic conversation with you and I highlighting your specialties, your strengths, and extracting actionable advice for our audience to take away and apply it into their organization. Beautiful. Sure. Pleasure. Oh. I'll be happy to engage in that way. Beautiful. And for any recommendations you would like to uh, put out there as far as a book or something, we all have that, that we all would like to give a shout out to we will save that to the very end and then the floor will be yours yeah sure beautiful excellent all right so tell us what can you teach our audience today ah that's a good question um So what can I teach? Well, I, I'm, I don't have much to teach, I'd say. I, I would say I'm more hum- humble. In a way, I can only share my own experience, what I've been through, what I've experienced, what I've learned, mm-hmm. and I hope it can be of help to people. Um, you see, I'm the field of human resources. I'm an executive coach, but I'm also now a published author. Mm-hmm. And whatever I've written has always become from what I've experienced, what I've learned, and what I've practiced. So. Um, to come back to your question, if there's one thing I could share is really about um, how to uh, be aware of your own hero's journey, what you're going through uh, in your life, and how do you um, be open to it, be true to it, and to learn from it. Okay. Beautiful. No, I, I like that. Now, when it comes to leading organizational change, there are some requirements that are involved for those that are in charge of an organization or those that are in a managerial position. Now, if that's the case, what is some information you can pass along to those that are in that position? So what I would pass on to those who are in a leadership position or management position is the, if I would focus is on one idea, one notion, that notion is of self-leadership. That is, to be able to lead others, you need to lead yourself first. Um, that's, for me, the basis of, of all uh, good managers, good leaders, is uh, if you want to look at the quality of leadership in an organization, look at how they lead themselves first, those people, meaning to what extent they are self-aware, to what extent uh, they keep learning by themselves, and to what extent they, uh, they self-regulate. That is, uh, they are able to... Uh, to stop, to pause, and to um, reassess their own situation and see how they can improve. Okay. So with the change process, when you're trying to implement a, a new 
policy. I hate using policy. It just feels like it's too formal and I, I want to try to avoid that. But when you're trying to implement a, a new way of living in the culture where it's mm-hmm. a, and a internalized norm there, what is the process like? Where do you start first? Do you, do you create a communication plan outline or do you start creating the vision and then you put the outline together? Like, like what are the steps of strategically making a, a making the change process occur inside an organization? Okay. So um, what I would say is um, not to be generalized, but let's take uh, an example. So if you, if you say I have to shape a new culture in an organization, mm-hmm. where, where would you start? I wouldn't start with a plan. I would start more with um, the center of the organization, that is the, the management team or the leadership team. Um, so as we say, this change which starts from the center has the highest potential for impact, meaning um, shape the culture with that team first, so create alignment, create mm-hmm. clarity, and create um, agreement to what we need to do. So what it means is, uh, I would say there are three steps to it. First is uh, shape it, shape the culture or shape the change you want to create. So create um, a clear outcomes with the core team, with the, the people at the center, what we call the leadership team, so that everyone is aligned. From there, then you uh, diffuse it. So you have a plan to diffuse it in communities across the organization. So uh, I normally call it core captains and crew. So you have your core team, then you have the next level, what you would call change captains, or who are basically um, people who are your opinion leaders, ambassadors who are going to portray or carry the change. And then finally, from captains then to the community. So you diffuse it in three steps, core captains and crew. And the final step after uh, the diffusion is systemization of the change. So how do you systemize it? Systemizing means, uh, as you mentioned, one word that I too, I don't like is policies. Um, because it's too policing. Yes. I prefer guidelines. I prefer practices. So it's really how do you work around the wheels of change? So uh, what's the language that you need to use? Uh, what are the rituals that you need to put in place? What are the stories? And what are the, um, by rituals, I mean the processes and the systems, the stories that you need to talk about, um, be it success stories or lessons learned as well as what are the artifacts that you need to put in place in order to systemize the change initiative. So in, in a nutshell, three steps, you define it, you, you diffuse it, and you systemize it. Okay, so what about is communicating a tentative timeline where everybody is on the same page? What's a realistic timeline? I know if we're trying to establish this kind of change, we're not looking at a five-year span. We're trying to motivate people immediately and get the change to occur now. Yeah. So the timeline would depend on what is the type of change you want to implement. So if you're trying to implement a new culture, then it's six months is not feasible. It will take at least three years to, for culture to set in. But if you want to implement a new structure, then three months or to six months is feasible. So it will really depend on the type of change, the size and the scale of the change, so as to see what is the best timeline which would be most optimal. Why three years for the culture? That's interesting. Well, culture, if you look at it, is the way we live, the way we do things. It's the art of doing, the art of being, and the art of knowing. And in that sense, 
to diffuse, to create, to shape a new culture, you need to find ways for people to unlearn what's not working, what is not required anymore, and then learn the new cultures, reinforce it with uh, rewards, with recognition, and with other practices and stories. So in, in general, what I'm saying three years, three years is what we call a bit the best practice in terms of if you've done everything right, uh, a strong culture sets in when you've done all these things right over three years. Interesting. I like that. How do we sustain that m- momentum that we've created? So you sustain the momentum by not relying on champions. <laughs> so, makes sense. Yeah. So it's like you systemize it. It's like a system takes over. If you make the, the best uh, examples, the, the best companies in the world, like Google, like if I take in airlines, Emirates, um, in, uh, as well as just Singapore Airlines, for example, they don't rely on culture champions. They don't rely on, on people who are going to be the, the figureheads of, of culture. They rely on four elements, uh, which, makes, which systemizes the culture. That is on strong rituals, on powerful stories, on artifacts, as well as a specific kind of language, which uh, defines the way of being in the organization. Okay. That's, I, I, I really like that. What about, so if we're leading organizational change, would there be a time where we would ever sacrifice a, a code of ethics in order to make this change occur? Code of ethics? No. <laughs> if you have to sacrifice on ethics, then um, you shouldn't be, you'd be thinking, why, what are you doing in this organization? Right. <laughs> so, Yes, that was a loaded question there. Uh, what, what is your code of ethics when it comes to a business interaction? Um, I would say values, right? So it's really about the values and principles which drive you. As long as, for me, the main code of ethics for me is as long as I can sleep um, soundly at night mm-hmm. and see myself in the mirror every morning, every day, without any regrets, without any doubts, then for me, it's fine. I like that. Okay. Now let's transition. Uh, what are the top three shots of insight you have for our listeners? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So let's start with one. Today um, happens to be St. Valentine's, 14th of February. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So uh, my happy, happy Valentine's one, Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, also, Greg. <laughs> Uh, so number one for me is um, just like the notion of leadership, to lead others, you need to, to lead yourself first. So the number one for me is to be able to uh, find love and to be loved, you need to love yourself first. So it starts with self, self-love. Um, so everything starts with self, self-awareness, self-love, self-leadership. So oh. that's for me the number one shot of insight. Oh, well, I'm going to challenge you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay. So self love. Yeah, I agree. But when it comes to managing a team, don't they come before yourself? Don't they? I didn't get the question. What do you mean by <laughs> when, when you're managing a team, don't they come before you? So you, you lead by example, you want to take care of them. You want to provide for them everything they need in terms of no, servant leadership. I'm back on this, right? Let me allow you to challenge you back. 
um, people in a team will only only follow you because of your strengths, right? Yes. Agree? Correct. The leader in the team, and you can only lead through your strengths. But being that is by leading on what you're good at. If you're a great communicator, so you lead through communication. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, leading by example is really focusing on your strengths. Uh-huh. That's one. And secondly, is it's not being responsible for others. It's respons- being responsible to others. That is, if you're in my team, I'm responsible to you to provide my time and the right resources to you, but I'm not responsible for you. You're accountable for your own results, for your own outcomes. I'm responsible to be present with you, to accompany you, to support you, to stretch you, to challenge you, to give you perspectives, but I'm not responsible for you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, I, I like that. No, that's, that's good. All right. Beautiful. Keep telling me the, the other two. Okay. So the other two, now let's think about it. Uh, for me, the first one is uh, the self notion. Mm-hmm. Um, the second notion I would say in terms of shots of insights is um, focus energy. Yeah. Um, well, that's the number three. Number two is actually clarity of mind. Mm. So, it is clarity of mind is every journey starts with a clear mind. It doesn't start with a first step. It starts with a clear mind about where you're going to do the first step. Okay. Get my point? So, what it means is clarity of mind is being clear on where you are, where you want to go, how do you get there, what are the challenges in front of you. So, you develop clarity in terms of what are the decisions you need to take. Very often we, we get stuck because we're not clear in our minds. Our mind is, um, I would say the word that comes to mind here is we are often confused or cluttered. There are too many things happening at the same time. So we need to declutter and really focus to find the, have the discernment to have a clear mind on what we need to do. So, so that's for me then the number two in terms of shots of insights. Beautiful. Let me hit on that a little bit. That's the reason why I brought up uh, leading organizational change with yeah. going in line with your, uh, your shots of insight, having this clarity. Tell me, like, it, it goes much deeper than what you've explained, and you did a fantastic job at doing that. But this is a malleable formula that we can apply, not just to an individual level, but to an organizational level. Now, if in terms of clarity inside an organization and establishing organizational change, what are some things that we need to take into account with making a change occur? Okay, so being clear on what is the change that you need to uh, drive, it starts with being clear on why you need the change, isn't it? Start with why. Driving organizational change, you need clarity. And clarity of mind at an organizational level starts with being clear on why do we need to change. Okay, so that's the starting point. As Simon Sinek said, um, start with why, uh, which will help you get more people. Your why will define uh, what's next, right? So start with why. Second then is what you want to achieve. So being clear on the outcomes, uh, as crystal clear as possible so that people get it. The why plus the what. And finally then uh, when and other dimensions like what would not happen if we don't do this, what would be the consequences, what are the stumbling blocks, and so on. Once you develop those kind of elements to be clear, then it becomes 
pretty simple to focus your energy and to implement actually i really like that but i also like uh the the sound that's coming in from your background it feels like the windows open there's cars driving by <laughs> it's very soothing it's i just want to yeah, point it's that a, out. it's a, a fun <laughs> <laughs> I usually like sleep with, I sleep with a fan so that it's just like ah oh, this is nice it really is. but I I completely agree with clarity but I also want to caveat that uh, communicating this clarity that everybody understands the bigger picture like reinforcing to all the levels up and down all levels to who is involved in this and this change, I mean, your stakeholders, everybody that's involved, the importance of why we're making this change and the transition, and then capitalizing on the vision that we want, which would be the, the desired change. Yeah. So a couple of, one element on this, you know, um, for me, the job of a manager or a leader um, in his team is two things. His first is to generate clarity in his own mind. Okay. And it's important as a leader that you're clear on in your own mind. People will follow you naturally. If you're not clear, you're lost, then um, your team will also be lost, just like your organization. So to generate clarity in their own mind and then ensure that there's clarity around him in his team. The clarity around him means uh, being clear on why we need to do this, where we're going, what we shouldn't do, and what are the immediate next steps. No, I definitely agree. People pick that up like like a natural like thermostat. Like if you don't have your shit together, people can just sense it. It's like, I don't want to be around this dude because he's bringing off this yeah. vibe where it's like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to put his pants on because apparently they're fucking backwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are, what can you help us with pain points inside the organization? What would you recommend? Um, the pain points inside the organization, I would say, if you take it in a contextual way, where everyone is talking about the great resignation. So a lot of people are leaving their jobs, yes. moving, moving on. One of the pain points, again, comes down to uh, leadership. So um, very often, the management or the leaders um, haven't evolved with the times, especially with new generations joining the workforce, which means... People are no longer looking for um, uh, what I would call a standard of living. They are looking for a quality of living. Agreed. So we're on the earlier generation when we, when you have leaders of today or managers of today who are mid forties, when they joined the organization, you you can say um, their scope was you would join an organization at that time to have a standard of living, to have a car, to have this, to have that, to possess, to be. Um, well, uh, more well-off and have better well-being. Mm -hmm. But the next generation which came up, they're looking not for standard of living because that was established by their parents. They are, they're looking for quality of living. And quality of living is really about experiences, about purpose and meaningful work, and about um, feeling fulfilled in whatever they do. So uh, that's where, that's one of the main pain points is organizations are unable to cater for what people are looking for in terms of purpose, in terms of flexibility, in terms of growth opportunities. Uh, so there is, has to be a shift in terms of how leaders um, engage with, with people so as to create a work, 
let's say, um, a workplace where they can grow, perform, and thrive. I like that. All right. So let's go into a little role play here. All right. I'm, I'm yeah. working for you. I, I just got a job yeah. with you. And I want that purposeful connection that you just described. That's beautiful. How can you give that to me? Can you illustrate that to our audience? Sure. So, Greg, what, what is it that, um, that makes you happy, actually? Jeez. Actually, getting that flow state of mind where I know mm-hmm. that it's, it's contributing to something much bigger than myself. And what's important about that for you? Seeing some results. Like, if I don't see the results happen in real time, mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. <laughs> and what's important about getting the results in real time for you? Say that again. What's important about having the results in real time for you? The results are, it's like a reinforcer where uh-huh. my actions are making something physical occur right in front of me. Okay. And what's important about that for you? One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't know if I go any deeper. Let's see. Uh, what, once that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I understand you might not know now, but if you did know, what would it be? I would say, so getting that result and seeing that occur, it it just makes me feel like that not only I'm a part of something, but I have the ability to do something that I didn't think I could do. Okay. So what we just had is a quick interaction to help me understand what drives you. Yeah, so let's come back to the question where you're saying um, to the role play, how can I provide meaningful work for you? So it starts with understanding, leading with questions, understanding um, what's your why, what would help you feel fulfilled, that's one. Second, I would like to understand what is great. For example, in your view, what are your strengths? Assuming you said, what are my strengths? Yes. Okay. What are your strengths? Okay. My strengths in terms of an individual, I, I would say I have a, I have the presence of a leader. Uh, I, I can delegate authority like nobody's business. Like if I know exactly what has to be done, I will communicate that and I will execute that down to the lowest level. And I won't micromanage people because I will have that understanding already with my employees that I know that I can trust them and trust is relayed right back to me. What kind of role would you feel fulfilled in that you believe you can contribute positively you know, and create impact in terms of uh, which will satisfy your purpose and your strengths? Okay. So if I don't know, what would you tell me? If, I don't, if you don't know what I would tell you is... Um, understand why we do what we do as an organization. So what are the outcomes we are looking to achieve in terms of uh, results and how does it make the world a better place? How does it, how to to do that? And then from there, based on your strength, what I would propose you is a team leader position. For me, it would be really understanding, leading by questions, understanding your purpose, what you do and what drives you. Secondly, is understanding your um, what are the strengths which, um, um, well, your key strengths that you can uh, leverage on. And third um, would be what kind of role do you see yourself in, um, which you feel would, would be fulfilling. 
Mm-hmm. So having those three questions in mind, those answers will help me tailor me uh, what kind of role would fit. So in my view, for example, you'd be your sales team leader would be something of interest to you. Okay. All right. There's no issues. All right. I kept thinking something's about to happen. No, we're good. So I, is that the HR coming out of you? <laughs> I would say, yeah. Oh, what we call it in French, we call it déformation professionnelle. So, oh wow, no, that that's it's, really uh, the cool. HR speak. <laughs> it's it's not as funny now because I said it like three times and it's like it, it would die every time. I'm like, damn it, it's not funny anymore. It's, it's this is stupid. <laughs> Manish, let's let's transition. Tell me a little bit about. Let's go a little deeper into your background and highlight your expertise. And I'm going to give you the floor to where you can uh, open up to what you wanted to talk about a little bit. Thank you, Greg. Um, what, what I would like to talk about is that we learn, we live, and we kind of experience a lot of things in shots. It's like you're taking a shot of vodka. So it's the same thing. You experience uh, many things in shots. Mm-hmm. So uh, tangible experiments, uh, moments of truth. The, the best moments in life are really experienced in shots. So that's the, the, the whole gist of Shots of Insights is small bites that we call shots that you can learn to learn and to lead better. So that's, that's a bit what I wanted to share. So mm-hmm. always focus on moments which make a difference. Is that, are you, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> it was, uh, I was watching you smile. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I like that. Cause when I was looking at this book, it's just, it looks very appealing other than I'm not much of a drinker as I used to be back in the day. I, I would throw shit down, but now it's like, I just, I stopped drinking altogether. And now I prefer energy drinks over fucking alcohol any day. But I, I like that because it's just little shots of wisdom that can really change somebody and align them with the direction they're trying to go. So tell us a little bit more the what inspired you to write this, to write your book and to to help others. Well, what inspired me to write is my own journey. So And as you mentioned, to be authentic at the start. So I'd like to share that. Um, I had the opportunity the hard way at an early age, at the age of 18, actually, um, Singapore, uh, to join my elder brother who was studying there in in third year engineering. And coming from an Indian family, Indian background, you you don't have much of a choice. I either become a doctor, an engineer, or family disappointment. So um, I ended up choosing... (laughs) to be an engineer. Um, but what happened then was, uh, as I was in first semester, my brother passed away on campus after a football match. Uh, he was 20, I was 18, and it all happened in front of me on the pitch. And we, the ambulance came, they had to give him electroshock, so and he passed away uh, in the shit. ambulance. So, and I was 18, you know, so I was, I was studying there, I got earned a scholarship, a bursary, and um, I had to forego my 
uh, at that time. And the hardest thing I had ever had to do in, at my, in my life, teen, when I had to call home and inform my parents that my elder brother had just passed away. There were just two, right? Two siblings. Um, and the next three days, I, I, well, I was emotionally, um, and I didn't have any tears coming out. So only thing that came to mind was you need to organize everything, pack everything and come back. So I kind of suppressed all my emotions just to be able to make fruit, to make it fruit. So um, it's only when I uh, reached home three days later on the next flight in Mauritius that um, I, the reality of the situation sank in. When at the airport, I saw my parents after four or five, five months, actually. And my father had aged by 10 years in a matter of months. So um, in, that, in, in, that, in that week, actually. So, and that's where the reality hit me. And um, I realized that I'd lost my elder brother, who was my mentor, my role model. Those three days of not having been able to express my emotions, having suppressed it, uh, you know, so I became what I would call emotionally constipated. So everything, my whole range of emotions was very reduced. So I would never really express myself. So that kind of triggered me to start working on myself. I had gone, I went through a depression afterwards and I had to pick myself up, start working, so forego my scholarship and start working before starting studying again. Um, and then from there, I had to rebuild myself up um, one step at a time, work, um, be, be there for my parents. So uh, if you don't mind uh, the trigger for me to start. Journey. Um, if you don't yes. mind me asking, how did your brother pass? Like what, what was the cause he, of, um, of this passing? The cause was he had um, what we believe now is he had a congenital heart weren't uh, aware of. So as he was playing on the football pitch, he had a, 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 a malaise, or what we call in French a malaise, or cardiac arrest oh, on the pitch. Shit. What you footballers, uh, soccer players uh, collapsing on the field. So that's what he had. So, and at that time, we didn't have the... The, the first aid or uh, the health support to be able to save him. So, God damn. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That was the cause that got you started. Manisha, you yeah, there? that was the, kind of the trigger which yes. got me started in terms of work on myself. So, it's really about working on myself and uh, overcoming this trauma. So, I had that drive to, you know, I couldn't express my emotions. I couldn't express myself. So I really needed to 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 work on myself deeper at a deeper level in terms of uh, finding my purpose, um, understanding my values, my emotions, my competencies, and what I really want to do out of my life. So uh, that's why I shifted from engineering into management and resources uh, by an accident of nature, by a tragedy. So... Mm -hmm. um, so these are kind of experiences which from uh, learn and then to see how we can share it. Because I know what it means uh, when you go through such experiences and how you need to pick yourself up and rebuild yourself. So, um, and thankfully, with the support of my loved ones, I was able to rebuild myself. 
I, I like to stop you right here because this is a good little talking point I want to cover for people that are in a leadership position or anything that or they're in charge of a team. I feel like this is a good point for people who don't know who they are leading, that they should take the time to understand what is driving people. What do a, do a lot of leaders or any leaders, in fact, go that deep with the people that work for them to understand important things that happened in their life. Like for you with your brother passing or for me, who's experienced numerous traumas that, that are, that finally been dealt with, but back then affected me. And I chose to ignore it by overworking my ass. Yeah. I can relate to that. And also, um, well, my, my belief is, um, not many leaders invest that time to get to know people, to get to know the stories. In fact, um, when it comes to the work organizing, the work situation and the workplace, many people just treat the team members as objects, as vehicles to a means to achieve. So it's just a number. Um, but when you get to treat the person as a human being and get to know the person, individual level that's where you really bond you create the trust you create the rapport and that's where you create great teams actually so uh, getting to know the person the stories that they have gone through their moments of breakdown their moments of break so what they learn from it um this is what makes us really authentic then develop a sense of empathy and a sense of care that um no matter what you know you're back and vice versa I like that. I really do. Just out of curiosity, what is your leadership style? Leadership style, I would say, is um, I would say is an enabling leader. To be an enabler, my role is to help the person develop clarity, to help the the energy on what matters, and to help the person keep seeking better outcomes. So that's CEO as an enabler: clarity, energy, and outcomes. Mm, beautiful. I like that. Now, tell us about your book and where we can find it if we want to learn more about it. So, um, my book is called Shots of Insights, 101 Inspirations to Live, Learn, and Lead Better. You can find it on Amazon, um, and we, it's available on Kindle, it's available on hardcover and paperback versions, and in two months' time, also in, on uh, audiobook, audible version. So, uh, Shots of Insights by Manish Bandan and um, how you can learn, lead, uh, and live better through bite size. Beautiful. Now, if our audience wants to learn more about you, Manish, where can they go? And if you want to cover any points that you haven't got to cover yet, now is the time for you. Well, um, I write every day, every two days on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Manish Bondon. And um, so I happen to be in human resources. I happen to be a coach, but also I happen to mentor people. So if you're looking for mentorship in the leadership dimension or resources, for example, or, or else if you're looking to, for a mentor for your career, happy to 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 touch base, to engage with you. Well, actually, there was one point which uh, you had asked me the three questions, the elements for thoughts of insights. 
Yes. I didn't mention the third one. That's right. We 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 kept phasing out. I completely forgot. Yeah. No, we could definitely. We're still rolling. So tell me a little bit about okay. that. Okay. So the third shot, um, as I mentioned, the first shot is a learned self leadership and self love. Second shot is about clarity of mind, and for me, it is really focused energy. You see, uh, your most, in fact, your most important resource as a person, as a team, is not time. Is about your energy. How, how do you generate positive energy in you and around you? And how do you focus that energy on what matters? Uh, today, in, our, in, our, in the world we live in, um, if you look at it, we are bombarded with information. You are constantly disrupted by notifications and constantly uh, your mind is everywhere. Is, is, um, Agreed. It's quite dispersed. So it's yeah. really how you focus your energy to be that laser focus to be effective. Some call it deep work. Some call it focused energy. Uh, so I like to call it focusing energy for maximum impact. So knowing what, having that discernment, where, what you're going to do and what not to do so as to be effective. Okay. How do I do that? Tell me. So focus your focus energy um, in that sense, playing to your strengths, knowing what you have to delegate, what you need and what you need to, uh, to do yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it starts with being clear, again, on um, the next steps. And then focus energy is about generating energy in yourself. So physically look after yourself. How do you sleep? How do you exercise? How do you nourish your body so that it's high on energy? And then from there, focusing on um, how do you use your time then? So you might allocate time, but at least you have the mental space to be fully present to it. The focus energy is about being fully present to the time that you've allocated yourself to. So you're not, you switch off your, your distractions, you switch off your notifications, you put your phone on the cor- in the corner, and you're being able to practice a form of deep work. Okay, so what if, what if I can't do that? What if there's like... Um... What if I need to respond to certain people that I just can't turn off? So you have a choice, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You have a choice. So, and it doesn't mean that every time you have to give in, you have to say yes. Because but every time you say yes to others, you're saying no to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So um, it's clear on what you say no to, uh, including if you really block time, Oh, uh, we're blocked down for now. We're not having any disruptions. We've already said no to others. I'm, I'm really focusing and being fully present with you. So it doesn't mean you need to full, to do um, um, full, you spend the full day for it. There's a nice technique called the Pomodoro technique. Uh, Pomodoro, Italian, it's uh, my tomato. Right? Like, so like it's. It. Um, so the Pomodoro technique is every 25 minutes, you take a five-minute break. So every five minutes, you're really focused. Ooh, it sounds like a smoke break to me. So, <laughs> the five-minute break, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It, right? it sounds like, like 25 minutes of work, then everybody take, take five, go smoke a cigarette, and get back to work. <laughs> yeah, or... or yeah, we're going to we're going to rehydrate or dehydrate. Agreed. Yeah. 
no, I I like that. I I do. That's I I'm Italian, and I always find that fascinating to hear those different little things from the culture that I'm coming from that I don't need that I don't know much about. So that's awesome. Thank you with that. Uh, so now if let, let's say that I don't want to put this. If I, if I do that and I'm still not getting the results, I, I know we got to, I mean, I know we got to, we have to block the time out. I know we got to fill out the calendar and don't do it by daily. Do it. Don't do it by weekly, but plan out by monthly. But what if I just don't have the time and I don't want to do the calendar? What if I just, I, sometimes I fall off. Sometimes I feel like I just don't want to block anything out and I just want to rely on impulse. Is that okay? Is that normal? Well, um, as long as it helps you achieve what you need to achieve, right? The thing is, um, you need to find to develop a form of routine, right? If you don't have a routine for it, you don't develop the habit of it. Yes. So, um, and you need to find a way to develop the habit. So just a cigarette break. Right, uh, uh, to smoke a smoking break. That's a habit, you know. Nothing is disrupting your, your, your when you take your smoking break, isn't it? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Are to disrupt your smoking break? No shit. No, I mean, it, you, I got a vape, so I'm I'm doing my smoking break right now as we speak. So, <laughs> so find a way to cope with it. So you will find a way to, if it's important enough for you, you need to connect to the why. Why are you doing this? If the why is not important enough for you, you will not the mechanism, the routine that you have, you need to put in to focus your energy. I like that. I, I definitely, I agree. I mean, the, your why isn't big enough. It's not going to drive your how. I've I've heard that everywhere, and I couldn't agree more. Now, uh-huh. Manish, is there anything else that you would like to share with us before I let you go? <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> I think we had a very interesting session. Uh, great. Yeah, this is beautiful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. No, I'm just gonna definitely air it how it's been it's been playing out. So this is this is great. Well, Manish, once I get this corrected and ensure there's no gaps and we fix all that mumble jumble that happened in the middle. I will get this published and I will send a copy over your way through email. Thank you. It's uh, much appreciated. I hope, um, well, uh, I hope it turns out well with the, all the interruptions, but I'm sure you'll do a great job with it. Oh, I will. I'm a magician. I can just make it happen. <laughs> all righty. Thank you for your time and uh, we'll be in touch. You and uh, stay in touch. Also, I have sent you a LinkedIn invite, by the way. So, yeah. Be- beautiful. All right, you take care. You've been listening to your transformation station, your voice on the hard truths of leadership. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Remember, your transformation station is on all major platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube. And visit the website till next time.